true life and music history. The Ants Human Stars podcast with your hosts, Caleb and Digo. Are you ready? Steady. Go. Hey guys, it's our music history episode. Caleb, take it away. All right. Okay. Anyone remember the movie Flashdance? I'm sure plenty of you do. Um, I don't because I was not alive. This was 1983. Wait, what year did you come into the world? 84. 84. Okay. Um, so you were a little late too. Um, <laughs> well, it was a huge, huge movie uh, when it came out, um, even though. You know, people were not expecting it to be that big. So, uh, a couple of months ago, just randomly, the main theme song to that movie, She's a Maniac, like popped in my head. And I was like, I'm going to go listen to this. And I was blown away by how good it is. Um, and I just want to take a second to say, um, so again, I wasn't alive when this song came out. So, I know of this song through commercials and stuff over the years, which I personally think that like putting really popular songs behind commercials even though it's a nice tactic and it's nostalgia for the people who you know knew of the song when it was a big hit um i kind of feel like it it almost like cheapens the song in a way and so you don't think of the song as being as cool as it was for example it's just that you should never flavor a song with something else that has nothing to do with with the fucking like a ford truck Uh uh-huh uh-huh it's it's like um the song Careless Whisper by uh Wham. Dun, yeah, no, no, I know the song, dun, but what has that been used? Well, in? it's been used in commercials all the time because they do the dun, 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 Oh right, 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 right. But that's such a good song. But like it's to me in my mind, there's almost a cheesiness to it because they'll use it and it'll be like a salt and a pepper shaker like moving towards each other in the commercials and it just makes it seem silly but it's actually a really good song so anyways that's how maniac i was like oh, okay that yeah that's that song with the lady and she's moving really fast and dancing but it's an amazing song um yeah i was really blown away by like the chord structure and then the sense but a big standout was were was uh the vocals by michael Sembello. Um, that's the artist's name who did the song. Uh, and he's doing these, like, amazing runs in it that I'm just like, wait, what? Like, which, doing my research, it makes sense. Because when he was 17, he went to go play music with Stevie Wonder. And if you're familiar at all with Stevie Wonder... Stevie Wonder. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, specifically, if you're familiar with Stevie Wonder's, like, vocal style... Just listen to a Stevie Wonder song and then go listen to this song and you can kind of hear how it's a little bit of the influence there with how he... And did you cover Halloween? I know that's something that's... I did. Superstition? Uh, yes. I can't. <laughs> it will always be Yes, we did Halloween. have an episode where we covered Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Go check that out. Um, but after you listen to this. Okay. So, um, let's just jump into the creation of the song. So, Dennis Matkoski. I did not pronounce... Uh, I did not practice. Makoske, Makoske, is that what it is? <laughs> this is my life. I did not pronounce the. <laughs> I did not uh, practice the pronunciation of these names beforehand. So, Dennis, um, no disrespect, man. I like you're awesome. So, um, Dennis Mac- 
Makowski or Makowski something. Um, you know, he's a friend of Michael's and they were uh, songwriting partners. He was watching the news uh, one night and they were reporting on a serial killer. And he jokingly thought to himself, quote, with my luck, this guy lives right next door to me. Mm. So immediately he started jotting down these lyrics that came to mind. And those lyrics were, and I'm going to sing it to the tune of the, mm-hmm. what the song came out to be. But the, his original lyrics were, he's a maniac. He just moved in next door. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. He'll kill your cat and nail it to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he took that, um, uh, that idea and, and, and brought it to Michael, the lyrics. Um, and Michael was like, Hey, go to the piano and play the weirdest chord you can think of. And that's really how the song got started. Um, but they were just doing this as a demo and like really to be, there's a, a quote I read where, um, uh, I can't remember if it was Michael or Dennis, but they were saying they weren't even taking it seriously. They just wanted, they were trying to make something funny to play for their friends. Um, so the demo ended up in the hands of Phil Ramone, um, who he was the music producer uh, for the film. And he had heard the song. Um, and while he was like gathering different music, him and also the director of the film had heard it. And all through, you know, their time of like, putting the movie together and everything. Um, it was like catchy to them. And so Phil went to Michael and was, and Dennis and was like, Hey, can you guys just rework the lyrics? Um, so that they're more accurate to the film and basically focus on the concept of a girl who's possessed with the passion, um, of a gift for dance. So that's what they did. Um, now, again, before Flashdance was released, this is 1983, um, Paramount, like, thought this was going to be just a flop and a dud. But it was surprisingly a big hit. And the song had a big part to do with that. Mainly the music video. So the music video for the song was the first to use nothing but scenes from the movie. And there was, like, no shots of Michael singing or anything. And really, that was because the movie came out. It did really well that first week um and then they were like oh well this song is great so like just throw a bunch of clips from the movie together um and uh so yeah so that's that's what they did what year was it 83 yeah so this is also mtv is just starting like um so music videos aren't like some commonplace thing yet um again this was the first music video to use scenes from a movie um and so all of that exposure from the video because mtv was playing it like in heavy rotation um and that helped just boost the movie um and it said that uh instead of paramount having to pay like millions of dollars for commercial time and ad time on tv um they were essentially, according to Paramount Vice President Gordon Weaver, um, he described it as, quote, invisible marketing. Um, because, yeah, they didn't have to, like, do anything. And the video is just playing and showing the movie and yada, yada. So people are like, oh, I love the song. Let's go see the movie. Yada, yada. Um, Flashdance was the third highest grossing film of 1983. Um, and I didn't know this, but it had no 
known actors. They were all unknown actors. And it got really bad reviews. Apparently, the movie is about <laughs> a woman who's a weightlift. Uh, uh, no, excuse me, excuse me. She's a welder. And she, but then she has this desire to be a dancer. Like, that's the premise. So, I, I should go watch Flashdance. Should you? Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Look, there's somebody listening like, I love that movie. Um, so, yeah. But that was all in that era. I'm looking at IMDb. All that era of Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm, Fame, mm-hmm. Footloose, yeah, Staying yeah, Alive, exactly, all these movies. Exactly. And Staying Alive came out in 83 as well. Oh, so, I wonder okay. if it's, you said it's number three. This was number three. So I wonder if it was Highest beat by Staying movie. Alive, which Maybe. was arguably, I guess, more famous. And I don't know you if it's a better movie, up. to be honest. I can't Have say. Have you seen that? I went to see the re-release with my friends in theaters. Oh, damn. And remembering being like, I am wasting my time here. <laughs> no offense to anybody no. who likes Staying ladies Alive. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the number one film of 1983 was Star Wars Episode Four. Six. Oh, well, I mean, Return I, of the I Jedi. Of, I was thinking of dancing movies, but like, <laughs> I got you, I got you. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. No, um, I didn't know that, but and then Tootsie was number two, and then number three was Flash, and Staying Alive was number seven, uh, beat by Octopussy, which came, which came yes. at number six. <laughs> um, um, Octopussy. Yes, and rounding out that top ten was National Lampoon's Vacation. Um. So anyways. Um, <laughs> but that, uh, this ushered in a wave of having music videos feature music videos that were attached to a movie. Well, for the songs mm-hmm. that were attached to a movie, um, this is when people started to include clips of the movie in the music video, um, which is, um, interesting little tidbit. So, uh, main... Maniac spent 22 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100, and it spent two weeks at number one. I want to say it was, I didn't write down the exact date, but it was like September, early September, when it hit number one, and it was there for, uh, for two weeks. Um, and it reached number one and then the top ten in a bunch of other countries, Canada, Australia, Germany, Switzerland, just to name a few. Uh, the song was nominated at the Grammy Awards, and I'm assuming this is the 94, I mean the 84, excuse me, Grammy Awards. Uh, it was nominated for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Smell, Pop Vocal Performance. Um, and also the soundtrack was nominated and won uh, the Grammy Award for Best Album um, of Original Score Written for a Motion Picture or Television Special. Hey. Okay. Sure, I could take care of it. I'll then, will you? Um, yeah, guys, we're back at Glory Days. We are, we are. And I gotta pay this bill. Thank you. Um. So yeah, won the um, won the Grammy for the best soundtrack essentially, but not long behind uh, <laughs> category title. Um, in 1983, Michael uh, is quoted as saying, "It's a funny irony that it caught on. So, especially since I don't dance." And have never ever been to a disco. Uh, he later expressed uh, his pride in having a number one record after working in the business for so many years, uh, cautioning, "Quote, but hey, let it die. Maniac was just a song, and now I'm on to the next. And I don't want to rip off the record buying public by doing a carbon copy of Maniac just to make some money. 
I really applaud him for that. Um, because most people would just be like, hey, let's no, just... He should have, keep. because I don't really know <laughs> him other than this song. And True. that is telling. Well, 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 um... Thank you. He, uh... 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 He did have... Well, I'll, I'll wait till you're done. You can finish that. No, it's, it's all right. I can, I can sign and... Okay, oh, talk. Wait, wait. <laughs> I can sign and talk. I'm signing the check, y'all. He can multitask. Um, but, uh, yeah, but no, I, I kind of, I, I, I respect him for that because that also shows that he's a true musician doing it for the love of the music. But yes, um, at the same time, you know, if that's, if he decided to just crank out a bunch of maniac type hits just to get some money, I mean, hey, I can't, I wouldn't be upset at that either. Exactly. I mean, do like you're going to do whatever you're going to do. But. Uh, he chose to continue uh, working with Phil Ramone on his debut album, Bossa Nova Hotel. Um, and that included Maniac and gave him two more U.S. chart hits. The number 34 Hot 100 song Automatic Man and Talk, which reached number 25 on the adult contemporary charts. I just I just want to make sure I, I clarify. Automatic Man reached 34 on the Hot 100 and then the song Talk reached number 25 on the Doc Contemporary chart, so it wasn't automatic man talk. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, not not a whole lot, but that is the the little story behind. It was also said, but um, I wasn't going to include it because I think somewhere was saying that like it might have been different, that uh, Dennis went and watched the 1980 movie Maniac when he was trying to come up with more lyrics to the original mm-hmm. song because he just wanted to get in this headspace of like horror-esque uh, serial killer kind of space. So, um, But it's funny to and, and kind of cool to know that it started there um, and then ended up where it did. So... It sort of makes sense that he wasn't a dancer because the song has always been, I sort of, like... Wait, you said it makes sense that he was? Wasn't oh, a he dancer. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, he was and, and that he wrote this song for like as a person who would be dancing mm-hmm. um, because it, it's sort of like a track to somebody who's dancing, but like in a crazy way mm-hmm. that I think he views people who are dancing like that as crazy people. You know, not uh, like hmm. people yeah. who are dancing are like cool and awesome. No, he's like, nah, you all crazy dance like this isn't not for me. I'm not. You all are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. So this song was really huge um, in aerobics classes everywhere, mm-hmm. and at that time, aerobics were like huge. I mean, um, the, the 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 those socks. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, those. Yeah. Warmer, the leg warmer socks. To picture those feet. The hair, pink. Exactly. All of, uh-huh. Think of Jane Fonda. Yep, Jane um, Fonda. Or also the original mom from uh, Fresh Prince. I'm thinking of her. She had that iconic dance scene. You don't remember that? If you if you if you saw a clip of it, you'd be like, oh, okay. What did I think about dancing and the mom and the Fresh Prince? I just think about. The dad. Every once in a while, he would bust a move and dance. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, that's the way I like uh, Uncle Phil. Uncle mm-hmm, Phil mm-hmm. dancing? Oh my God, it's hilarious. Um, the original Aunt Viv has an iconic dance scene 
in one of the episodes. But um, oh and wait, he's thinking of the not 80s. when she's pregnant. But that's that's a later Aviv. No, not yet. No, no. The the original Aviv was pregnant. Oh, oh right, but, right, right. Uh, original Aviv is the yeah. Of course. No, no, no. Of yeah. course. That's right. Watch it pays it. me to think of Will Smith. <laughs> I can't okay. think of him. Um, he hurts me. Maniac. Um, <laughs> he's a man. She's a maniac. Yeah, so that, that's it. But um, definitely, if you have not listened to that song in a while, I encourage you to just go listen to it. Like, it's... it's yeah, they did such a good job. Also, um, I watched a really cool clip on YouTube of him. It was from... Uh, actually, I think it was from... Uh, let me see... It was from 2012. Michael Cimbello is talking. Um, and he's playing the song on guitar. And actually, the chords, you wouldn't think of it because Maniac is such a pop song. But a lot of the chords are actually very jazzy-type uh, chords. Um, I wish I could just like play it for you guys. But it's, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, just from a, a musical standpoint... Um, so I really enjoyed it. And so go put on some workout gear, put on that song, and get moving. <laughs> when I used to go to the 80s club all the time in Richmond, I definitely danced to the song. I would go. If you tonight were like, hey, I know an 80s club, I'd be like, we're going. I would absolutely love I to go to an 80s so club. Much. You don't know, sometimes I'm like just staring off in the, into space thinking about that club. It's like people, when mm-hmm. they ever talk about like, New York in the in the eighties, same you know, same mm-hmm. pro- probably the same feeling of these clubs that once were and no longer, and mm-hmm. they're in their memories. And that's me with this one club in Richmond, eighties night, Thursday night, every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, every week. I would have loved that. Absolutely, loved that. I was actually just talking to uh, at work today, talking to a patient and um, gay friendly. Oh, of course, of course, yeah, of course. It's Richmond and it's eighties and it's eighties. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I always say how I feel like I was born a decade late because i absolutely love 80s music and and the i love 80s movies and the fashion all that mm-hmm. um yeah but that's that thanks for listening to the ants human stars podcast with caleb and digo stay connected and get updates about new episodes by visiting our website antshumanstars.com and by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review and share about us with your community on social media. Thanks, y'all. We really appreciate it.